from Fox 8 Sports. You're listening to Fox 8 Overtime. It's the East. It's the East. It's the whole reason why we have Time to eat. West Coast trip capped off by a win in Seattle. The Saints will certainly take that every time. Welcome to the Black and Gold Review Show. I'm Juan Kincaid, Saints Hall of Famer, Deuce McAllister. Chris Hagan on the end down there. Guys, a successful trip, no doubt about it, for the Black and Gold. Well, particularly when you wrap it up the way that you did as far as with a victory. I mean, obviously, you would love to be 2-0 and on that trip. Uh, but I thought that they did what they had to do to be able to come away with a victory and at least put themselves in a good position to close out that first quarter of the season. Yeah, by any means necessary, yes. get a win in Seattle, move forward, and come back from a long time away from home with a victory, I'd say that's pretty good, all things considered, whether you had Drew Brees or not. You're right. No complaints right now after this game. All right, get to right to the headlines. A lot to talk about tonight. Headline number one, Bridgewater gets the game ball. Teddy Bridgewater starting his first meaningful game since 2015. Did just enough to push the Saints to the win over the Seahawks. Had a shaky start, but got better as the game got longer. Deserves a game ball because he did what the coaches asked him to do. I think that deservedly so. I mean, you're putting in a tough situation as far as the location and understanding what you have to be up against as far as the team that you're playing. Uh, they were 15-0 and 0 in September. You know, they, that team, is a, that's a tough place to play. And so for any quarterback to be able to come in there and do what they did, particularly for Teddy, you know, he hadn't started a meaningful game. It's been a while. Yeah. And so for him to have that opportunity, I thought it was a pretty good deal. Yeah, and I'm sure you compartmentalize it as it just being one game and you take it one game at a time, but Teddy's on a team that has high expectations. When Breeze goes down, the expectation is not only do you pick it up, but you win games because when Breeze comes back, you hope this team is in contention to do some things down the road. So he handled that pressure well. He weathered the storm, literally, some yeah. rain in Seattle, and had a good game, took care of the football. I think that's what you asked him to do, and I think – you got to give him the game ball. I know there were other guys who were deserving, other players, units, but he deserves it. You also got to see what a full week of practice in the offense, being the guy that's taking all the first steps, the difference it can make. Yeah, he looked a, a whole lot more comfortable. I think his timing was a little bit better. Um, he looked comfortable in where he was going with the ball, knowing where he was going with the ball, getting it there. Um, and the offense, I think, responded better to Bridgewater being in the game in terms of him being the leader and not – and shaking off that kind of shell shock feeling it looked like they had against Los Angeles when Breeze went down. I, I agree with you. And I, I look, the more he plays, the more comfortable he is going to get in this system. And I think the more he can see some of the mistakes that he's made, and, and he'll tell you, it was not a perfect game mm -hmm. for him. It was not just him going out there and executing uh, at the highest level. I still think that there are, there's a higher level for him to be able to achieve, but it was a good first step for him. Headline number two, Alvin Kamara carries the load. The Saints are 8-0 when he touches the ball at least 20 times in the game. On Sunday, he had 25 touches, 161 total offensive yards, a couple of touchdowns. Saints needed all of that from him, but can they continue to ask for that from him? I think that's a heavy load for Alvin. I think, you know, that sweet spot for him is always going to be in that 15 to 20 range. You know, he gets north of that. My concern becomes the wear and tear on it. And look, he was fantastic yesterday. And, you know, I don't know if the Seahawks actually ever really got a square or a solid shot yeah. on him as far as him being a runner. I mean, 
there were numerous guys, and we're talking about all pro Bobby Wagner guys that are they're, they're hitting him. Yeah, they're, they're hitting him and they can't bring him yeah. down. I mean, so it was it was really, really uh, something to see. Yeah, it, it's like he's, you know, lined in grease. Like they just slip and fall <laughs> right off him. It, it's yep, insane to right. see. But to, back to what Deuce was saying about the load, I think it is a lot. And I think they're still trying to find that balance. It's kind of similar with, with Mark Ingram as it is with Latavius yeah. Murray. It depends on the type of game that they're playing, how much I think he needs to be on the field. But if you look at these first three games, Kamara snaps 143 to Murray's 53. Last year, the first three games with Ingram, it was Kamara 108 to 94 when Ingram was available those first three games back after suspension. So I think it's a little wide right now. I would expect that to close, especially when the Saints, if the Saints find themselves playing with a lead. I was going to ask both of you guys about the whole Ingram factor last year. He had to sit out, obviously, because of suspension. So it seemed to me that maybe Peyton got a pretty good gauge of how he could use Kamara last year on into this year. Uh, as far as number of touches he gets, how many carries, what what his body can take wear and tear. Well, I think they always have felt, you know, as far as have a magic number, but you also you want to win the game. Mm -hmm. So if he's if he's the hot guy, you're going to feed him the ball. You want to win the game. But the the question becomes, I want him available in January and you know late December. Uh, not so much to say that yeah, we just you know, gave him a lot of touches early on in September, where some of that you can maybe pull off. And I think that that they, they will get to that point where they do get. Uh, Murray a little bit more involved and I think that was one of the things that Sean you know kind of hinted to as well if he had it back he would maybe call a different play or maybe a different formation uh, over but you know right now they had a, a, a nice mix and they were able to you know obviously come away with the victory and that was the most important thing. I think it very much is a flow of the game thing one of my favorite examples the Falcons game the first time against the Falcons last year when it was a back and forth game of who's going to have the ball last but you have to score on every possession because neither of these defense is stopping anything that's when Kamara hit a career high in terms of touches because they needed to score on every possession I think yesterday it wasn't the same type of game but it was a game where you felt like Russell Wilson could make something happen yes. so you wanted all your possessions to count every shot to do something magic with Kamara and get points you needed it because you knew Russell and the Seahawks were going to make a push and they did and they did you're right headline number three special team sets up success Teddy Bridgewater said life was made better and a bit easier early thanks to that first touchdown by special teams a punt return by Devontae Harris and the precision punting by Thomas Morstead all game long special teams had a really special day and they'll need to have more games like this going forward this seemed to be successful well you you may not get a return every game but if they can flip the field like they did from a punt return as well as a kickoff return standpoint look if the offense is working only maybe 60 or 40 yards, you like that as an offense. I mean, because you're really literally talking about three first downs and you're in Will Lutz's uh, territory as far as field goal. You always want to convert it to touchdowns, but if you can have maybe only 50 yards or 60 yards for an offense to go and there, you know, that, that, that means they get a touchdown, you love it. And then when you talk about Harris, you know, look, uh, uh, the touchdown, Phenomenal, not only from he, but the guys that were blocking yeah. for him. You know, the, the, the one thing that, and he'll, he'll, he'll continue to get better. He's got to look that punt in. You know, that's the one thing that scares you, the one that he, uh, that, that was a muff or he, he fumbled. He, he, he took his eyes off of it just a little bit. It caught him on the hands, right on the edge. He looks that one in, and it's a clean game from he. And, uh, you know, they were just fantastic as far as the coverage unit as well as the return guys. It's a lot easier to, to learn and bounce back from the mistakes when it's a win yeah. for something that costs you in a loss. On the flip side of what Deuce was talking about with the offense, defensively, when you're facing a guy like Russell Wilson who buys so much time and makes it so hard for your defensive backs to cover down the field, 
those explosive plays may come a little bit more often. We saw a couple of them, but when they've got to drive the field 90 yards, yeah. or 95 yards versus driving the field 70, 60 yards, it makes a huge difference in terms of keeping them from even getting field goals. Okay, headline number four, defense picks their spots, put the final score aside though. For much of the game, the Saints defense had itself a heck of a day, giving up just seven points until the fourth quarter rolled around. Demario Davis said they knew the Seahawks wanted to punish them with the run to soften things up with the pass, but the Saints seemed to be ready for everything they wanted to do early on. Outside of, I think it was two runs, the, uh, actually the run that uh, Carson uh, fumbled on and the Russell Wilson, the first scramble, I think where he got 18 yards, this was a really, really good job as far as run defense was concerned, whether it was Kiko Alonso, whether it was Demario Davis, whether it was uh, A.J. Klein as far as the backers were concerned. All of those guys, they were filling the gaps. They were hitting them inside. Malcolm Brown did a nice job. David Onyemata did a really nice job. And they were able, the defensive ends, you know, Davenport, Hendrickson, and um, – Cam Jordan, they were able to set the edge. And so those guys were really able to run the football. I thought it was a really good job, uh, you know, total unit effort as far as stopping the run. They also caught a couple of breaks. I mean, those Chris Carson slips in the backfield, you would think a team like Seattle is used to playing in that would be a little bit more prepared. It didn't seem like he had the right cleat wear, and it kept happening a couple yeah. times. It got a couple of everybody three times. Yeah, and then you look at the fumble, and – I think Seattle's decision, well, first of all, not having Rashad Penny there to come in and be another hard runner in that situation where Carson is being, I guess, punished for that fumble. But when they took Carson out, you're not afraid of C.J. Procise as a runner. I'll let him catch little yeah. passes in the flat all day and make the tackle. Um, I think Seattle hurt themselves a little bit in what they love to do, and that's run the football by taking Carson out. I know he's a liability, but looking on Twitter and seeing how you know Seattle fans and media were reacting their 50-50 on the fumbling verse, keeping your best finisher in the game. Okay, headline number five, quickly through this, and Peyton's perfect approach, the play caller was on full display on Sunday. But, guys, do you think he was a little more conservative than he would have liked to have been? Well, I think not only just because of the situation, but I think it was the weather played a part of it as well. I mean, there were, there was, it was a constant rain. And so maybe if you don't have that, he maybe takes a few more shots down the field to soften that back end of that defense up. I mean, but I, outside of that, you know, yes, I would have loved more run, run plays to have occurred. But outside of that, I thought he did a pretty good job of calling that game to at least put him in position to be able to score. I mean, they had their longest drive. Uh, yesterday of the season. It was seven minutes and 16 seconds, and that was the first drive of the third quarter. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was a pretty good call game at times. You know, what hurt them, holding false starts. Yeah. And that, that, that's on the guys. But when they weren't put in those situations, like you said, I think that's a game you call similarly to minimize risk, even if Breeze is playing. It's not like we haven't seen this team script, you know, opening drives where it's you know, Ingram short pass, Camara run, Camara short pass, et cetera, down the field. They're used to getting the backs involved, and I think that's perfect for getting Teddy comfortable. All right, coming up, we are, are we expecting too much too soon from free agent pickups Jared Cook and Latavius Murray? And should the Saints be looking for an upgrade at cornerback? We know a good player that's available, but he comes with an asterisk. Stay with us. From Fox 8 Sports, you're listening to Fox 8 Overtime. All right, welcome back into the Black and Gold Review. Time now to dig into our mailbag submitted on the Final Play app using the final word feature. And our first question comes from Blake Williams. 
He wants to know why aren't the Saints using Latavius Murray and Jared Cook more? We know what Kamara and Thomas can do. Isn't it time these other supposed weapons step up? First talking about Murray, two, two touches on Sunday, not used nearly as much as we thought he would early on this season, but we think the time will come for him, right? Well, I definitely think his time will come. I think part of the problem is, you know, you're trying to win a game as well. I know that you want to work some of those new pieces into the fold of what you're doing, but at the same time, you want to be successful and win a game. And I think that the penalties, the false starts, the holdings have hurt them as well. I mean, because there have been opportunities for you know more offensive plays, but when you're first and 20, first and 25, that's hard. Yeah, it's definitely a, a hot hand situation, and the game that Camara was having, and I think there are so many different calls and different things you can do with Camara, and in terms of Murray, he's more of the downhill runner. I guess a little bit, I don't know if limited's the more right, the the, the right word there, but. Camara is just a little bit more versatile, and so I think he's a guy that you rather have on the field in must-win situations. And I think, like you said, Murray's time is coming. Um, there are going to be teams that are weaker against the run, weaker front sevens, where I think he plays a little bit more. On the other side of it, you've got um, Jared Cook, the tight end. We expected big things from this guy straight out of training camp because he looked so good with his connection with Drew Brees. But we haven't quite seen it yet. What he's remembered for mostly right now is the catch and fumble during the Rams game. Well, yeah, and that, that wasn't even a clean catch on that. You know, it was a big hit. Yeah. Uh, Eric, I think it was uh, Eric, Eric, Weddle. Eric Weddle called him just as he was catching that football. And I still think that he can be a weapon. You know, yeah. I know that everyone is looking at that back shoulder. That was a uh, perfect throw, and that was just timing. It needs, needs to be higher, though. Yeah. I mean, because you're, you're talking about it. You're expecting that. You're, you're, you're coming. You're twisting. It, that's a low catch to be able to, to, to make, particularly in that weather. If that's a little higher, he makes it. He can a, he, He's able to run. But that's a task on time deal. That's where if they get that more throws, more repetitions with that throw, I think that's one that they'll be able to exploit a little bit more. That would probably be my thing is I think we saw the connection happen really quickly with Drew Brees in training camp, and that's what I would expect to, to translate over. Um, I think there will be times – Again, I think weather played a, a really significant factor in Seattle where you do try and push the ball down the field to cook a little bit more because he is that big target and he's going to have some, a chance to have some really good matchups. I just don't think yesterday was the game for it. Okay. All right, so to come, more from our B&G review mailbag, including a question concerning the need for a player that some might call a talented yet controversial pickup. And later, we'll begin to pick apart the Saints' next opponent, the undefeated Dallas Cowboys coming to the Dome. At Keesler Federal Credit Union, if it's important to you, it's important to us. Here, you're more than a customer, you're a member. And we're more than a financial services provider. We're your financial partner with a genuine interest in your life. So whether you want the best rate on a credit card for the things you love, a home loan for the people you love, or savings and checking that work as hard as you do, we've got you covered. And that's a good thing. From Fox 8 Sports, you're listening to Fox 8 Overtime. The Saints haven't had the greatest secondary play, particularly on the corners, and that's led to a question from our mailbag. This one coming from Leroy. He wants to know, can the Saints please get Jalen Ramsey and get rid of Eli Apple, who I thought had a pretty decent game on Sunday? 
Leroy, yes, they can get Jalen Ramsey, but it will come at a high price as far as two first rounders as well as paying him elite corner money. He wants to be the highest paid cornerback in the league, and you know I just don't think that that is something that is into something that the Saints will do right now. I just don't see them doing that and making that move. Yeah, it's a problem that kind of compounds on each other as well because not only do you give up the first round picks, but you're giving up paying guys that are first round picks that you would pay five, six, seven million dollars a year to not having that cheap, good quality talent that you can plug and play. Instead, having one player for that price. And not only that, but I, I don't think Apple is as bad as guys make it out to be. Look, corner is a position that is as exposed as any on a football field. There are a lot of plays where you don't say his name. The few that you do, it's probably not something good, yeah. but it, it happens less than you think. It just feels that way. So give the man credit for the peanut Tillman punch yesterday. Is the answer that Sean Payton recognizes guys just have to play better on the corners or is that maybe going outside the house and finding somebody to bring in or is Ken Crawley possibly the answer who was inactive on Sunday? Well, the thing is they can't give up the explosive plays. That's what it is. It's explosive plays. It's the plus 20, plus 25 type plays. Those are the plays that you want to limit, you know, regardless who is at corner. And so, you know, that's something that they're going to continue to harp on. Uh, we saw it kind of last year and then they were able to limit it as far far as those big those big plays and they started you know just making plays as far as the secondary is concerned and so if they can limit those explosive plays as far as whether it's the corners the nickels or even the safeties that's what you really want our next question comes from Chico Bailey what's the timetable on Sheldon Rankins Chris well hopefully it's soon I mean I think it would be nice to have him for Dallas I don't know if that happens but um, certainly with the schedule coming up and the fact that Bridgewater's in um, when you're looking at Jaguars, Bears, Bucks, somebody I'm forgetting in there, um, I think those are teams that you can win with really solid defensive play and Teddy Bridgewater um, managing and maybe doing a little bit more than he did on Sunday against Seattle. So the sooner you get him back, the better because he adds a pass rush factor to a pass rush that's been pretty, pretty good so far this season. Yeah, Arizona is the, uh, one of the other teams yes, that you play it. as well. And, you know, I, um, He's been practicing, obviously, th throughout the season as far as since they took him off the PUP. I figure sometime within the next two weeks, you'll probably see Rankins ramp it up even more and to see if he can actually go as far as the game is concerned. They have a tremendous amount of depth right now on that defensive line, so they don't have to really push him as far as to get him to be up and active right now. So it's going to be a situation where they know 100% that he's ready to go and you know his workload will probably be around 25 30 type plays uh, as they try to get him back into you know football shape all right coming up for the fourth straight week the Saints will have a chance to hand their opposition their first loss of the season we'll peek ahead to the undefeated Cowboys next from Fox 8 Sports, you're listening to Fox 8 Overtime. The Saints' brutal first quarter of the season will come to a close with the Cowboys coming to the Dome Sunday night. The boys have looked good in winning all three of their games to open the season. Dak, Ezekiel, and Amari have been hard to stop. Now, granted, they played the Giants, Washington, and Miami, three teams that started out slow and out of the blocks. Are the Cowboys as good as their 3-0 record would suggest they are, though? 
the Cowboys are a good team, you know, and they've just beat the opponent that they had to play in. So obviously, uh, I don't know how much you think of those opponents, the, the Giants, the Redskins, and Miami, but the Cowboys have a good offense. They have a good defense, and special teams looks to be solid. So the Saints have to find kind of a chink in that armor as far as this team is concerned because this will be an interesting and a, a physical matchup as well. Yeah, I would have said regardless of, of – whether the opponents they played in the first three weeks were good or bad. If they're 3-0 right now, and knowing the personnel Dallas has, you've had more time for Dak and Cooper, who clicked right away last year, but another offseason and, and more time for them to work. Um, you add a guy like Tony Pollard, who's been pretty, pretty good when used to spell Zeke. And you, you mentioned their linebackers and their defense. They're one of the few teams that I think has the speed to match up really well with a guy like Kamara and take him out of the game like they did last year in Dallas, they're, they're a tough matchup. This will be the third time in four weeks where the Saints have faced a quarterback that's pretty mobile. <laughs> Dak this time, obviously uh, Russell last week, and then Deshaun Watson in week one. Do they treat Dak the same way they treated those other two quarterbacks previously? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think that even more so Dallas uses Dak as a runner. I mean, there will be design run plays that he wants to be able to do. And so for me, you have to keep him in the pocket and make him a passer. You know, he can, he has the ability to be able to be a scrambler. I don't think he is, he's as quick as uh, Russell Wilson, but I think obviously he's a thicker uh, player, so you, you've got to bring it as well when you talk about trying to bring him down. Be sure to keep it locked on Fox 8 all fall long. We've got your football fix with all of our shows continuing Tuesday night with our roundtable sports chit chat. We call it Fox 8 Overtime. Wednesdays are reserved for game plan as we get you ready for the next game against Cowboys. Thursday night, week four, the regular season kicks off on Fox 8 Eagles and Packers. And on Friday, reserved for the high school kids, Fox 8 Football Friday. Until then, for Deuce and Chris and everyone here at Fox 8, thanks for watching. Our next newscast at 430 in the morning. Have a good night. At Keesler Federal Credit Union, if it's important to you, it's important to us. Here, you're more than a customer, you're a member. And we're more than a financial services provider. We're your financial partner with a genuine interest in your life. So whether you want the best rate on a credit card for the things you love, a home loan for the people you love, or savings and checking that work as hard as you do, we've got you covered. And that's a good thing. From Fox 8 Sports, this has been Fox 8 Overtime.